Oh fuck, did we join a yoga cult? We thought it was an organization that was changing the world through yoga because the yoga felt so amazing and that's what the methodology was supposed to help us do. But the deeper we got in, the more indoctrinated we became. We've learned a lot since then about manipulation, coercion, abuse of power, and undue influence. Yes, don't get me started. And we're going to share it with you here. Super casual style, not fancy. It's just us and our opinions and true stories. We are allowed to speak our truth and we hope this helps people. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay, that's good. I don't know about you, but that brings up a visceral feeling for me. Um, welcome to our podcast. We're calling it Journey into Yoga Cults. I'm Melissa Longfellow. I'm Shelly Slyers. I'm, I'm Rachel Nelson. <laughs> Uh, so this is about as informal as you get. We literally just sat down and let's make a podcast. And because I feel like, um, I want to talk about why we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's, let's there's, see. A, lot. there's a lot. To, yeah, there's a lot to say. So in response to some things, like some people are already saying and thinking, and saying that they're thinking is that we have some kind of grudge to bear or we have want to take Baron down or Baptiste yoga down. And so I just want to respond to that. Like um, the reason why we're doing this is because we came to, I'll speak for myself because I came to realize that some of these practices are, are good, have good in them, but have been used in very dangerous ways. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot about it, but as soon as you say something, see something, you say something. And that's kind of why I'm here is because I saw something that was harmful and that I was, didn't see before and that I have been perpetuating as a long time, 20 plus year Baptiste student and teacher. And um, that's why I'm saying something now because I wish that someone had said something to me sooner or that I had figured it out sooner and mm -hmm. it will talk about what it is but um it's for for other people I feel like there needs to be some education around what actually is um yoga what's what is manipulative about some of the practices what is dangerous about some leadership practices and techniques <laughs> to use the jargon and um and i would like to see change i'd like to see the part of yoga that's good and pure and transformative and powerful and um i'd like to see that survive and um and not have it be confused with the toxic damaging um negative uh, power controlling part of it. Amazing. I'll go. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll go next. Um, I'm Shelly. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Why am I here? Because I think you're right, Melissa. That is what I guess people are saying, but we all know within 
Baptiste yoga, that's what was said about anybody who would say anything that wasn't in line with what Baron had to say or what the methodology was, was that we were gossiping or trying to take something down. And um, that's not it for me either. I, when we started speaking up back, it's been in the spring, my naive hope was that, oh, we'll say something and there'll be a realization that something could have been done better and there'll, there'll be a statement and, and things will change and everything will be shiny and happy. And um, that hasn't been the case. So I've had to ask myself a lot over the last year, why am I putting time and effort and energy into this? You know, there's, there's a, a few of us who, who are, and it's, it's not easy. Like we've talked about, like it, it weighs on relationships it weighs on family. It, it takes away from other things that we could be doing. So I ask myself that all the time. It's like, why do I put, why do I do this? And it really is because nobody else is. <laughs> For me, it was like, nobody else is. It doesn't make sense to me to this day, how when I go to my first Baptiste training and 2010 that I can't Google something and hear about all the problematic shit that happens within Baptiste yoga. Like nobody has said anything. And this has been going on for years. And um, I just want to be the person for somebody that, that I didn't have. I want to, I want people to be able to make an educated choice when deciding whether or not to get involved with this community in these trainings. I want them to hear both sides because we've all, you know, shut up over the years because we were told that speaking anything that wasn't positive was was gossip and that was not what we were to do um so yeah I want people to know the truth I um that's really it I want people to know the truth I want people to be able to make an educated choice for themselves and um yeah and I also feel a lot like um being part of that community there were things that I was involved in that I'm not proud of that I wish I hadn't been involved in and I feel like um like also doing this work is karma karma speaking of karma we should probably make a blanket statement that these are our opinions <laughs> <laughs> these are only our personal opinions personal opinions and, and, and experiences and experiences and, yeah and true stories that actually happened to mm -hmm. us for sure yeah mm -hmm. um yes everything is of our own opinion and our own experiences and within this podcast so I Rachel um I think we're gonna need to also do explain what Baptiste yoga is for anyone out there who joins us and is like, what are they talking about? Um, we can explain it, but I'll just say for me, um, I want this to be a space for people who left at any point, like any part and any point of Baptiste yoga for because of harm, abuse, red flags, things like that. I want this to be a space where they're like, I'm not alone. I know I wasn't crazy. And 
I remember, I just like, Shelly, while you were talking, I was like, you know, I remember over all the years I was in and people would just suddenly leave or disappear and we'd never hear from them again. And, you know, we're kind of told not to gossip. Like if people leave, don't gossip. Basically don't ask questions, AKA. And it all like makes sense to me now. And I'm sad, I'm like saddened that this has never come fully to light until now, but I understand why. And I just, I think people, more people are ready to talk and I just want people to feel less alone. And like, it's okay to, to be like, oh yeah, that, I knew that was fucked up. You know, so that's why I'm here. Yeah, definitely. And I think the we have a vision of this podcast being for Baptiste, other Baptiste people to um, understand and with us, like the process of how we got to where we are from where we were, because mm-hmm. we were all very much like a hundred percent in in all ways. And then the, how we got here to where we are now, it wasn't just like a flick of a switch. And um, so I think there are gonna be different people listening to this. There are gonna be people who are curious, who are in the process, who are where we are or somewhere in between. And I think it's really for everyone to help understand, to feel like one, you're not alone and two, there is like a process of untangling from something like this. And, and also I, I hope like what our plan is, is to talk to other people from different yoga communities who've experienced other things. So sometimes it's easier to understand when it's not so close to home. Like my Mm -hmm. kind of biggest aha was when, you know, the whole Nexium thing came out and I, you just see little things in there, little nuggets that remind you of like, wow, that's like, they're doing exploration of meaning. Like that sounds a lot like our inquiry work. Mm -hmm. Um, And those things kind of sparked my curiosity and, um, and were easier to hear than like, you know, other people have told me that Tease Yoga is a cult and I defended it, of course, to like, no, no way, no way. It's not a cult because, you know, we don't live on a commune. We don't have to pay tithing. We don't, you know, have to cut off our friends and family. And I just had a very rigid view of what a cult is and what it's not. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm not saying that Baptiste Yoga is a cult also, (laughs) definitely not saying that. (laughs) but I am saying that there are some practices that are very similar to practices that are used in cultic groups. Melissa, can we backtrack a little bit and go, even if it's just like a little, a minute or 30 second, like who the hell are we each? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I don't think there has to be an order here. Like I'm like I said, I'm my hair is like a hot mess right now. And we have a podcast, but we, that's why we have a podcast and we're not going to show you the video, but, um, but because we have our lives and we need to go on with our lives. So yeah, we can take it wherever it needs to go today. And then we'll try to have some sort of order as far as like 
following a topic each time. Okay. Well, I just yeah. Let's talk about it. Just who are we? I can who go. Who are I'm, you, Shelly? I'm Shelly Swires. Um, I was involved with Baptist Yoga actively from 2011 until um, 2018. I was a Baptiste Yoga student, certified teacher, um, and employee. I was a certification manager, and I also led programs for Baptiste Yoga. Um, I'm one of those people that left, and it wasn't, you know, long story really short, I left, so I, I quit working for Barron and the Institute and was kept teaching for, gosh, a couple of years teaching the methodology. And like you said, Melissa, it was Nexium, And there are conversations that I've had over the years, like we all knew the problematic stuff, but it was just one of those things where I left and it was like, oh, you know, Baron's a bad boyfriend. There was problematic stuff that happened. The methodology is still solid. The methodology works. You know, that's one of the things I always said until it was watching the show on Nexium. that to me, it was just like, oh shit. We were in a high demand group <laughs> and um that's for me that's when I realized I needed to say and do something and that's me that's who I am yeah well I you know all of us have been different roles right so and you have like different experiences at the different roles like when you're a mm -hmm. student baptist yoga is amazing like, oh my God, this changed my life. I need more. I need to get in closer, <laughs> closer, closer. But, but it is true. There are going to be some people listening to this, like at, you know, kind of different, um, um, act, active at different depths. Right. And I think the closer that you get to the center, the more, you know, the more of this stuff that we're talking about, you're going to experience, but, but would you say that like at the student level, there are some like red flags too? Oh, for sure. I, I mean, gosh, red flags at the student level. Let's, let's see. I mean, mm, 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 mm. just the methodology, even just telling students, you know, it's like, we tell students one thing, right? They come into class and it's, oh, you know, listen to your body, you'll take care of yourself. We say all the things that we actually mean. <laughs> and then we start to say things like, be a yes, which is totally contradictory to what we're telling people. We're like, you know, rest when you need to, trust, you know, it's a learning process. You'll understand your body's your best teacher. And then we're telling people to be a yes for what we're telling them to do. If they have any doubt, we're telling them, we're training them to give up any relationship yeah. they have with self-knowing. It's, it's just, the, just the things that we would say in yoga class were red flags and problematic. And, you know, you have the programs, you have the fruit feast, you have, it's, there's a lot. There, there. Yes, there's red flags as a student as well. What about you, Melissa? Who are you? Who am I? Uh, Melissa Longfellow. I, you know, it's been such a long time since I was a student, only a student. Um, 
but I do remember like those are the best times. Those are, were the best times in, in terms of um, in Baptist yoga because I just sat back and did the practice. You know, I did what, and it was Baron was my first teacher. It was back in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And um, I, it, it kicked, of course, everyone has this right, kicked my ass in so many ways. I, I was a puddle at the end. I was weak and tired and, and I, but I loved it, you know, but now I know that to be, you know, a combination of endorphins, probably adrenaline, you know, some kind of survival mode. Dehydration. Dehydration. (laughs) It was hot as fuck in that room in Cambridge. And if you got there, like, you know, you were in the back of the line, you got to the place where the blower blows right on your head. And that was where I got to because I couldn't get out of work early enough. And I was so fucking hot and dehydrated and just a puddle. But I remember feeling like this, this like drug, drug like sensation of being just like, you know, what I thought was like, Oh my God, I'm so like blissed out on yoga or whatever. And we jokingly called it yoga stoned, but, um, it, the classes were like a hundred minutes. There was no real time. Like he was like, it's like 90 to 110 minutes. Um, and then he would say, you know, if you want something to change, come to two or three times a week. If you want your whole life to change, come six days a week. And I was like, I'm on, you know, I'm a minute. And I was there every day, seven days a week, every day, all day for months and months and months and months. And it did change my life. It changed my body. It changed my life. I just felt good. I felt really good. And so that, I don't want to throw that away. The part where it made me feel good. Like I gained some, you know, good flexibility, strength, good um, confidence about my body. Like, I don't want to deny that because there, that's, I think where, where we're struggling is it's like, you know, Baptist yoga is good for me. And that's where I struggled because I know I was like, as a teacher, I'm like, I know this works and this is why I'm teaching it. So whenever, you know, I'd question something, it was like, well, at the end of the day, I know this works because it worked for me. It changed my life, it took my life on a completely different course. And this is why I will teach it because I want this for everyone, you know, um, So those are the best times for me. And the answer to the question is then I became a teacher and, you know, got a little closer to the center, not maybe as close as Shelly and, and you, Rachel, but, you know, we did fit together and I was leading some programs, some 200 hour trainings and, you know, doing those things and sitting up straight, (laughs) like, you know, leading apprentices, also known as free labor, labor. you know, all those things. So, um, yeah, that's who I am. And so, and I just, you know, as somebody who's been just in the practice and so on board for over 20 years, I noticed like how really I was just so in it, you know, like, you know, the fish who doesn't know they're in the water, like what water? Yeah. And you can't see really out of it if you're swimming in it, if you've always swam in it. Anyway. Yeah. Rach. 
Ah, oh, so me, I'm Rachel Nelson. I um, was a pretty high level facilitator leader. Um, teacher for Baptist Yoga. I don't know, whatever you call it. You're a studio owner too. I owned an affiliate studio. I like did all the, like everything you could do within Baptist Yoga. I pretty much did it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all the trainings, all the levels, all the ways to be involved. I did it all. Um, and even like working for the Institute, working for Baron at, you know, being like almost his right-hand person at programs um, for con like helping him lead, create content. Um, I created programs for the Institute. I did, I did all the things. Um, <laughs> you were a favorite too. I, I, I know you, that's what I find something I find very interesting about you being here and being in this with us is like, I was not, you were a favorite. You were a, mm -hmm. the, the golden, the golden child. <laughs> so to speak. I, I was like, I mean, I will. I will freely admit that myself. Like I was the golden child. So I think that that's been something I've grappled with the past year <laughs> around that. Um, and I think that as I become more public, like that, that's gonna be a thing, I feel like. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it makes your voice really important that you, mm -hmm that you were treated, I mean, I know you were, some awful things happened to you too, but that um, you were made to feel important and special and that you were still able to get out and see through things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's um, talk about that. I'm curious about how you, what made you kind of come out of it? Um, you know, it's never just one thing it's like a series of things. The more I um, do work around this, understand what there's um, the C word dynamics going on. And the more I've, I've researched high demand, high control groups and C word groups. <laughs> um, that's just what I'm gonna say. Um, the, more, the more I realize that it's never just one thing Occasionally it is, right? Like, so Nexium, it's like very clear it was one thing. Mm -hmm. um, you I mean will the branding say, thing? yeah, like the branding and like the sex cult, like that was a big thing. Like, you know, Sarah and Nippy say, like, they didn't really have any things until that main thing. Right. Thing Cause that's happened. like one thing that you can really identify, you can point yeah. to it because all the other mind stuff is just like, it's yeah. like this, and the I, frog. The frog in the slow pot of water. Exactly. <laughs> the frog in the slow pot is such a good analogy. But there, for me, I think it was just like, things just start, I, I'd always had things like, man, like, why do people leave all the time? And we never hear from them. Like I said that a few minutes ago and like little questions in the back of my mind. But then I'd be like, you Melissa, that was like, but the methodology, this shit works, like, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Um, I wouldn't be 
who I am. I wouldn't be like leading hundreds of people in yoga classes. Like it's amazing, like so in it, but the little things just started adding up. And then, um, I mean, kind of a big, I mean, one big thing for me, it was like the little things had added up. And then there was that final, just like, what the fuck moment. And I was um, co-leading a level three training in New York. And as you two both know, because you're good friends of mine, um, I had within that year lost my first son to stillbirth at full term. And so I was still in some major grief, um, but I was so indoctrinated also that I thought I had to like, can like still, you know, be in it as fully as I was, but I was not, my brain was not functioning the same way. Like now that I know what I know around grief and the brain and a lot of other mental health things, I was not functioning at the same level. So I was, that week I was being berated nonstop in front of a group of a hundred plus people. And then in between sessions. By Baron. Yeah, by Baron. You know, less berated in front, like, coached as we would call it right right um you know like no that's not the right way to do it do it this way like go up and lead it this way yeah sometimes just between me and him in the back and then sometimes in front of the whole group and then in between sessions it was even worse like we'd go back and I have this vivid memory of sitting at this table with with Baron and then the CEO at the time both equally just like why are you fucking up so much I can't remember what they were saying I just remember like both of them basically yelling and like bashing me at the same time and I was sitting there like people who these people say they love me and they want me to be great but if someone really feels that way, they would not speak to me this way. Mm-hmm. It's like that light bulb went off and I, I, it's like, so that moment and those thoughts I had are so ingrained. And I was just like, I'm, I can't come back. I can't do this anymore. It's interesting though, because the slow, the slow boil, like we're actually conditioned to, to be, to feel like that's normal. You know, like I remember very early on, like um, at at my level two, it was a very small group, and um, I don't. This one guy in the group kept like speaking and speaking over Barry and speaking, and I and I said something, and I was like, you know, okay, Fred or whatever the guy's name was, and Baron got up and pointed at me and yelled right in my face you don't know how to be present to anyone. And I was like, I literally had never had one, you know, personal interaction with Baron before up until that moment. And it was really clear to me after that, like, you know, I, Mm. you don't speak out or up or, you know, and he, and so we're like conditioned over the years to know that, you know, you don't speak against him. You don't speak against 
And you and can't do I was so yeah. A, fr a friend of mine, another, you know, friend of all of ours in the community, I remember I was assisting and I just I kept just getting shamed and getting yelled at and he pulled and he I was like what do I do and he pulled me aside he's like have you ever it was a Star Trek film I don't remember which one and he's like it's the Kobayashi Maru I'm like what is that he's like watch the movie and it's like you can't do anything right there's no way to win there's no way to yeah. do anything right and that's part of the whole the whole mind fuck of this of, of being involved at that level is that and I, it's part of the indoctrination process is like every once in a while you'll get the carrot right but it's right. just is it is it the mouse chasing the chi i don't know the yeah. right example but it's just like you you cannot do anything right if you do with exactly what they told you to do they will tell you that you did it wrong that you did the yeah. opposite you should do the opposite but then you'll get like a love bomb every once in a while that'll keep you going yeah yeah you know and so that that's like a known um abuse technique yeah yeah and they know, and they know it too i mean speaking of the um the former ceo i don't know are we gonna say baron's name but not say her name <laughs> i don't know i i, I don't but it, it seemed like textbook like these people knew what they were doing and they were doing yeah. it intentionally yeah Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm going to say, like, in my opinion, I think everyone who worked and works with him and for him is indoctrinated to some degree. That's not to say that other people are not narcissists also. You know, you know, that's totally possible, right? There's like a statistic that one in five people is narcissistic or whatever. So yeah, I don't think we're going to name names, are we? Except unless they want to come on and talk to us. I don't know. <laughs> TBD. Okay, TBD on that one. But yeah, anyway, um, Rachel, I, I, so I, that I, it's like, that was the, there was a, like a moment that where- yeah, That was, that was like the moment, but it didn't, I didn't like, you know, leave the next day. It right. was, you know, cause it was like in the middle of that program. Mm -hmm. I stayed in also <laughs> like also I couldn't leave I had no car I was in the middle of the fucking woods of Woodstock with no way to fucking go I there I was stuck there no yeah. cell service yeah no Wi-Fi in one place yeah I, I had driven there with some other people like I was stuck I couldn't leave I wanted yeah. to leave but I literally had no way to leave yeah and I went home and after that, I was just kind of like, I'm done with programs. Mm -hmm. And I was still working for the Institute though. I was still doing, running a teacher training program that was at the, all the studios and some other stuff happened within that and with some other leaders and some other employees. And I just like, some also some financial stuff came to light and I was just like I'm out I can't like it was I couldn't fully I was so intertwined like who I was as a person was so intertwined and I had like for years set all these goals and all of this stuff mm -hmm. and it just after that one program 
and through that course, I'd also gotten pregnant and had my now son, like, and having that kind of time away from being in program and then, but then working for the Institute, it was just like this big shitty, like pile of shit that I started to see that I was like in, and I knew it would never like change. And I think I love, a lot of I love people, your face. I know my your face when you talk about working for the institute. Like it looks like a, you're smelling a pile of shit right now. Yes, I like can smell it. It's like a you're pile even of making shit. a hand gesture like you're holding a pile of shit. Yeah. It's like you just shit in the space. <laughs> let's let's just say you shit in the space and then you just smell the shit and you're talking about the shit. Yeah. And I think sorry, so I couldn't many of us. I remember being like knowing all these problems going in and kind of being like, I can help fix it. Right. And I think that happens a lot within this company and a lot of other places too. Right. And then I started to realize I am never going, like, I'm never going to be able to turn this pile of shit into a rose bush. Yeah. So has anybody, has anybody ever going to fucking leave? Has anybody ever that has gone to work for the Institute stuck around in the community afterwards? Anybody no. ever? No. No, I mean, I remember back in the early, early days, like there's nobody left, you know, like, and I watched people burn through also, but, you know, honestly, like I, who knows, whatever, I justified something in my head, but like to watch, you know, that couple from, Boston, <laughs> them, you know, they're a big one. And then there was the woman who was in the book, you know, and but there were so many people. Oh, oh, there's one person from way back then who's now back in. Uh, I'd love to talk to that person. But anyway, I would just justify it as like, you know, maybe he's just really hard to work with, you know, there are those kind of like a people who are like are abrasive as a boss type person. And I just remember thinking, you know, I'll never get to there. I'll never go there. I'll just do the, like the teaching and be here around the happy circle. And I'll never get to the inner circle where obviously it's, it's, you know, whatever he's difficult to work with, but yeah, I just had no idea that how pervasive uh, stuff was. Didn't know until I got closer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then yeah. you see, like in the rearview mirror, you see then all kinds of other stuff mm-hmm. that you didn't see before, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. including on, like Shelly, you touched on a little bit, including on how the things that we learned from him to emulate that we did to yeah. others and became that from a victim to a perpetrator. And that's another reason why I'm doing this. I mean, I've done some like person to person kind of cleaning things up, asking for forgiveness and, um, and, and also, you know, it's a lot of people just don't want to talk to you. (laughs) They just are pissed. Yeah. And they're entitled to be pissed. Mm -hmm. Um, but I feel like this is a way of kind of giving back or contributing yeah. In a positive way. Yeah. And I think let's, let's just say we're going to, I think that's a good topic for another episode. Yeah. Right. 
definitely because I think I think that the the personal conversations I have come always come to that like how do you how are you kind of dealing with you know that you've done some of the same stuff where you did I mean I owned an affiliate I ran trainings I like used all the same practices and techniques and stuff on people and you know that's been really hard and I think that we should dedicate that a whole episode to that honestly so that people can really understand that side of it a little bit more as well absolutely you know there's a a book by Yanya Lalich um, called take back your life and she talks a lot about like surviving kind of cults of different kinds and and she talks about how like guilt and shame is a huge thing that stops people not only from um, speaking out, but also from healing themselves because they just mm-hmm. want to get out, leave, put it in the rearview mirror, never think about it again, but they're left with this unresolved guilt and shame around it. But what they don't realize is that they were unduly influenced you know, to do the things that they did. And not that we're not responsible. Like I know that I'm responsible for doing the things that I did, but also to have that kind of compassion that I wouldn't have my pre-Baptiste yoga self would not have done the things that my during Baptiste yoga self did. And, and, and it was very much due to that. And and I see that now too. I'm like, well, and it's, I think it's like to just point to something because one thing we definitely need to describe like for people out there like baptiste yoga one part of baptiste yoga is it's not just like the physical hot heated hot room yoga there's a major aspect of self-development in there and so what happens is even though if something people are asked to do something in the self-development what we would call inquiry part that feels ultimately like this doesn't feel like we should be doing this like maybe there should be a therapist there blah 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 but it gets kind of glossed over and it's like in the name of self-development well I you know oh all of my teachers did this so I do it in the name of self-development even if like you know yelling at people while while they're teaching a yoga class I know feels oh really weird, but I'm still yeah. going to do feels it anyway. Wrong. It feels wrong, but we do. Mm-hmm. But I have to in the yeah. name of this person's self-development and in the name of their growth. Right. So yep. like we get, we get that into our brain and well, we, we, got we use that to us. over, yeah, we use that to override the, this, that gut feeling of like, this doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And we use that in the name of growth and the name of self-development to exactly what can you continue give the harm? Well, also yeah, all the indoctrinating the words are like, be a yes for this person, be a stand for them, don't sit down on them. And then all of these things are used to be like justify, okay, you can, you yell at people while they're teaching. That's how to mm-hmm. make them a good teacher. You know, yeah. you just like you disrupt the drift is what you do, you know, and these are all like. If you don't know, it's Baptiste catchphrases, you know, you disrupt the drift. You just feel like you have to stop it right there um, so that, you know, you give them feedback in the moment and that's how to make them a good teacher. So in our minds, we're like, I'm going to do this for this person, you know, yeah, I'm tough yeah. love this person into being a great teacher because that's how I was 
that's how I was made a great teacher. Yeah. But, you know, um, I think, and an, an, let's see, another topic that I just want to throw out there is that there are going to be people who have been um, studio owners and like, how hard is it to reckon with reckon? Is that the right word? Reconcile, reckon, yeah. grapple mm -hmm. with that? Is that like, if you're, if you're still a studio owner, you know, how do you, what do you do about it? Like, how do you, um, if you realize that you, the Baptiste yoga isn't something that is, you want to support or that you want to perpetuate anymore, then what do you do with it? What do you do mm -hmm. with all the harm that's been done? Um, mm -hmm. What do you do with the yoga? What do you keep mm -hmm. teaching and what, what do you not teach? Yep. Because I don't think, like you said, it's not the yoga that's the problem. It's what people do with it. Like we saw that very clearly in yeah. the Vikram documentary. You know, it's like he's doing this yoga, but he's also telling people that they're fat fucks and that they're, you know, cheesecake, you know, sell cheesecake, he sells pain. And, um, but you're manipulating people when they're like sleep deprived and they're very, you know, they're under these, this altered, it's an altered state. Mm -hmm. And then what do you do with them? Yeah. There's a lot of topics here. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, we're gonna, and we're gonna just take, take our time doing that, I think. And mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's, it's important for people to hear that and get a different perspective. And, you know, I think um, after listening to another podcast about the James Arthur Ray stuff back in the, is that early 2000? Uh, it was in 90s. 2009. Yeah, so. When yeah, that, when that or, sweat lodge happened? Yeah. yeah, but listening to that podcast and the mother who lost her daughter in that started such a good nonprofit called Seek, um, Seeking Safely or Seek Safely. And they really put out like great information on their website of like, here's what to look for. If you're going to be into yoga, self-development, like self-help, all of that stuff, that's awesome we are not saying it's bad. And I want to just be really clear with that. Like, I'm not saying yoga or any of the, you know, like certain practices are bad, but you need to know the signs of when they are. So you can make the right choice for yourself yeah. and be, and say, I'm okay with this. I'm not okay with this. And I think that that's such an important thing for people to know because Shelly, you said it early, early on when we started, like if I had known, if I'd been able to Google, if I had known this stuff, it would have made a big difference. Like in what, how you chose to interact mm -hmm. with this group or with this style of yoga or with this even just person, right? Not just what were the group we're talking about but just in general and i i want to provide that for people i think Absolutely. That's just what so are those important. like what are those little red flags like i had no idea about any of this before i went to level one and you know now you know every everything i see on instagram is like oh all those things that happened at level one check 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 all the red flags that if i even knew they existed that i mm -hmm. you know could have been like huh 
maybe I'm not feeling this. Maybe I'll be one of the people who who leaves and yeah, just be a Well, I think that it, it points to the fact that this isn't just a, a problem that's isolated to Baptiste yoga. You no. know, like this is a problem that's everywhere. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, talk about MLMs are being kind of exposed now for their coercion manipulation techniques. And this is just something that's been um, under the radar manipulating people. And it's, I think maybe it's just because yoga has become such a mainstream, big, big ticket, big business that it's finally being exposed, you know? Like 20 mm -hmm. years ago, we were just doing our little yoga thing. Like nobody was, you know, really paying attention to us. And we believed all of the stories that were told to us about how ancient it is and how this means that, or it doesn't, or these five pillars are this or that. And we just believed it all. But mm. what I know now is that there is, you know, if, if an industry like isn't being regulated, let's say like yoga is literally not being regulated at all. Anybody can say anything mm. and call it yoga, teach anything and call it yoga and including teach, um, well, like the landmark forum isn't regulated and they're basically teaching therapy, psychotherapy without a license. Mm. So, you know, stuff like that. So it's not Baptiste alone. This is just, again, this is like our personal experience with something that calls itself one thing, but, um, and it calls itself having the, the purpose of changing the world through yoga, mm -hmm. but it really has like a dark underbelly purpose to it. Mm -hmm. We will start to shine the light on, if not point right to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, you know, we're laughing and we all agree to laugh, but I'm like, I'm a little scared. Like part of me right now is just like, like a little very tense right now mm -hmm. about thinking about this being exposed and thinking about the backlash that we're going to get and thinking about who knows what kind of fucking victim blaming we're going to get, what kind of stories we're going to get, who, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I've been silent because I've been processing and heal, trying to heal myself, trying to untangle my own mind from what happened to me over the last 20 years and what I've done, what I've perpetrated. Um, mm -hmm. And I took that time and now I'm like, okay, it's time to come what may. <laughs> well, yeah, you know? <laughs> we're in that, we're I, like, same, Melissa. I, you know, I've been pretty silent behind the scenes um vocal in some private groups and stuff but I feel the same and it's definitely there for me too and you know I've been luckily able to connect um personally with Sarah Edmondson from the yeah. little bit culty podcast and stuff and she says it in her podcast too but like we're we've entered the activism phase of stage yeah stage of leaving a a group like the one we were in and I just kind of want to like give us a little bit of pat on the back like not everybody enters that stage and it's scary as fuck and yeah. I really don't like the way it feels but I also know that it like it kind of has to be done like 
Yeah, because yeah. well, none of us are doing this because we we want to. I, or I don't think you're doing it. I have a book deal. <laughs> <laughs> this has got the book deal. No. no, it's like I don't enjoy being trolled on Instagram because I have been public, right? Like I don't enjoy who I enjoy who I believe to be barren being trolled mm -hmm. on Instagram or my, or my business being trolled on Instagram or, you know, it, it's not fun. It's not enjoyable, but unfortunately it's kind of like, oh, well, here we all are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here, here we all are. And, yeah. and, um, but I, I'm, I'm glad to be here with you too. Yeah. Not doing it alone is key. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, because all of us like, you know, hearing other people like, and let's just mention the, you know, Instagram page where people are telling their stories. I mean, that's really inspiring to hear other people's stories. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people are telling stories like, I just, something just is not right. It just doesn't feel right. And, and then they get validated and it's like, oh, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. I thought I was crazy. My studio owner made me feel like I was crazy. My whole studio community, level one, I felt like there's something not right there, but I'm finally validated. Because we're allowed to tell stories. Like stories are our lives. They're part of who we are. They're real experiences. They impact us, but we're told our stories are just. That's stories. just your story. That's just your story. And what does that even mean? That's just your story. And that, yeah, like these stories. Is that a stories. landmark racket? Yes. It's, it's, <laughs> the story is a landmark thing. Oh my gosh, the racket, right? Oh, they just, all the ways to keep us quiet. You know, like the, all those techniques that have, that have been able to keep people quiet for years and years and years that people are finally speaking and sharing their stories. I agree is extremely yeah. inspiring and I know that it's scary there's a lot of people that are afraid that have been yeah. very brave in sharing their stories and then more of us get to share more of us get to share and realize no we're not crazy we've actually been victimized yeah yeah mm -hmm. all right I'm excited for the all the things we have to <laughs> unpack together me too <laughs> I'm excited like you get excited off of jumping off like a really high thing like into a very deep far away pool of water and it's like scary as fuck and also this is gonna be fun. Yes. Yep. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> in a very similar way. <laughs> yeah. Same, same. I definitely wouldn't, won't, wouldn't do it without you too. Definitely no. not. Definitely not. No. Like right now I'm thinking about all the people who I have known to be my friends in Baptiste yoga. And I've truly, truly, truly loved like with all my heart. And yeah. I'm terrified that they're just going to cut me off. But I'm also kind of okay with knowing that if they do, it's because we're not in the same. The, the only thing else I just want to say to that is like, when I left, it was all on good terms. Like I kind of just left under the radar, like a lot of people yeah. do. Yeah. And I was still cut off. Yeah. Yeah. It, same with me. And I, I've told for other friends as they left, um, it's like, listen, you're real friends. There's going to be probably three. <laughs> They'll still call. And especially people 
Melissa, who are in it at the level you are or that Rachel and I were, it's like, unfortunately, a lot of friends or people that um, I thought I meant something to and meant something to me didn't really have much use for me after I was no longer in the yeah. position that I was in Same. with Baptist yoga. Same. Yeah. So like, I, I'm saying that because I feel you, Melissa, like there's still people I love and care about, but I'm also like, they, as soon as I was not part of the Institute anymore and I didn't mean anything. So that gave me a lot of information that I needed. And so I feel less scared about that now. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a lot of topics. Um, I, my, I feel like my greatest hope would be that this gives people the courage to speak up and that people will want to come on here with us and, um, and talk to us. Mm-hmm. I think that would be amazing. Yes. But if we and just some- talk to each other for the yeah. half a year, <laughs> that's okay awesome. too. That's all right too. We've already proven that's not a challenge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, well, should we mention um, that we're going to appear on the Indoctrination podcast like I just did? Sure, sure. We, don't know. Just we, don't know when. we don't know when, but we are. We don't know when, yes. but uh, indoctrination is, I just feel like that's a great resource even to, to mention because it gives a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel Bernstein is so good at explaining these weird phenomenon that we've all been a part of, whether it's a large group awareness training or yoga or a one-on-one relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, she's really great at it. So there's a good resource and we'll try to give good resources too, mm-hmm. to help, um, learn, educate, inform, empower. Bye. Does it sound good? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. All you listeners. And well, you'll hear us again soon. Bye. Shelly, why are you giggling? People are there's at least three people who are going to listen to this podcast. It reminds me of, have you all seen that show on HBO with Steve Martin and Martin Short and um, Selena Gomez? And they're like, they're like solving a mystery and they're uh-huh. building in New York and they start a podcast about it. And they have like three people who listen and they're fans and they like post up outside of the apartment building and that's what I'm thinking I'm like thanks all you listeners and there's the three the three people who are like yes yeah <laughs> thanks you three listeners we'll get you some merchandise really quick send us your sizes <laughs> uh. all right okay oh all right all right see you next week I love you guys bye bye and cut. <laughs> oh, man. So funny.